I am solo dolo in the studio. So gracias, man, me amigos, for, you know, well, thank y'all for returning, man. I can go through the whole Spanish spiel. But yeah, man, it's been a long hiatus again. So I know what I said. I know what I said that, you know, it wasn't going to be like this again. Anyway, ran some things, work got busy, but it, I'm... I'm trying not to make excuses. It's 2023, man. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for returning to the show. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming back to chop it up with your boy. You know, we're going to get into these sports, but uh, even before that, um, oh, yeah. Also, man, I didn't turn 25. Shout out to me. Um, For all my Capricorn friends, babies, all you Capricorn people out there, December, uh, what, late December, early January, man. Shout out to y'all. Happy birthday, man. Hope y'all having a blessed one. Um, For the people... You know, like I said earlier, Happy New Year. And, um, yeah, it's been, like I said, a three-week, another, I think, three-week hiatus again. I don't want to say hiatus because it wasn't intentional. But, yeah, we've been MIA. I've been MIA. It ain't going to be like that no more. I promise. I'm going to try to promise. Try to keep that promise. But, anyway, moving on, man. So, like, it's been a whole lot that's happened, right? Obviously, uh, just to recap a couple things, the major thing was DeMar Hamlin, you know, with his injury in that Bengals-Bills game, and, you know, it didn't continue. And obviously, you all know it will not be resumed. DeMar Hamlin, uh, 24 years old, and great news, man. He, I think, I believe he was released from the hospital. Uh, he was moved and everything, and, you know, I'm not sure what all the underlying issues might be moving forward, but it's just so good to hear that he was doing okay, and that was certainly a scary situation for all football players, all athletes around the world, anybody who's a human being at all and has a family or you know, you just pray and hope that he was okay and hope he makes a full recovery and things like that. Um, but now, moving forward past that, football, the regular season is over. We're now moving into the wild card round, right? <laughs> Finally! And even more so, well, not even more so past that, we had some other things that happened. College football playoffs concluded. Georgia is your number one <laughs> reigning defending champions again for the second time in a row. Shout out to Kirby and the boys, man. So, it's just been a lot that's happened and, you know, speaking on that college game, that was an absolute slaughter. I had for me personally, I would I, I hate that people, some people feel that, oh, Alabama should have been in and things like that, or TCU shouldn't have been there in the college playoffs at all. They I mean, they beat Michigan. Come on. Let's be real. Let's keep it respectful. Um, there has never been a two-loss a two lost team to make it into the college playoffs. So I feel like, you know, just for people who kind of bow at the feet of the SEC conference and feel like it, it should almost be an SEC champion or not championship, but SEC tournament, you know, SEC and Big Ten uh, tournament. I mean that that shouldn't be. It shouldn't. That's not a true playoff system, you know. And honestly, before we get into this, uh, the extended one, the extended playoffs are going to come. I think in 2024, uh, and after the 2023 season and 2024, you know, I wish it would extend it to eight just so to see how it's going to be handled, you know. Because you know, I like the story of TCU's getting in, or even we even had. Um, Tulane beat USC, you know, and so that was awesome. You know, I think 
it, college football is going to be really exciting again because we're going to see some of these smaller schools elevate to and beat and rise to the occasion and beat some of these bigger schools and these um, well-established programs and things like that. And, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, the guy who's just rooting for David so hard, and, you know, but I just felt like it was kind of... I guess I could just say it just rubbed me the wrong way it's for people that just want for Goliath to beat down David, you know, in that TCU versus Georgia game. Um, now, granted, it was a beatdown, and, you know, we kind of got to see early on that TCU wasn't really, they couldn't really get anything going. But at the same time, these things happen all the time in, in sports. You see teams that probably should be a good matchup, but then they just don't turn out well, you know. Happens in the NFL all the time on an equal playing field. For the most part, it being equal talent, you know, because these guys, all these guys, come from college and other places and things like that. But you see, you see, as and things like when I think about that amazing comeback from <laughs> with the Colts and the Vikings or Dallas and Vikings, you know, things like that, complete shutout games or amazing comeback games, things that shouldn't happen, but they do. So. I would, you know, advocate for everybody to keep that in mind when watching some of these college college games and these smaller schools play against these bigger schools or things like that, et cetera, et cetera. Now, going back to my earlier statement about the NFL season being concluded, now we're moving into these wild card games. For everybody who's a traditional listener, I want to say traditional, but uh, a previous listener, you know that we are based in Houston. Therefore, we have to talk about Houston. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! The Houston Texans have always been the most I want to say dysfunctional Man, what? I don't, do I want to say dumb do I want to say just inept or just how do you blow the number one pick in the draft for the people who don't realize right you just been living under a rock you haven't been watching any kind of sports center ESPN or Fox or anything like that any of the major networks whatever If the Texans would have lost, they would have had the number one overall pick in the draft, right? But because they didn't, now the Bears currently have that number one pick. Also, even more, even worse, they have all the most cap space in the league right now. They almost have double the cap space of the per, of the team in the number two spot. Now, I mean in the draft, I mean as far as cap space goes. They almost have these double the amount of cap space of the team who has the second most cap space. They almost have double. So the Bears are the most easily, hands down, head and shoulders above, the most powerful team coming up to the draft this offseason. Here's why. And here's even, we even learned about some more things. Some more things is going to make them even more powerful, right? Here's why. C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, right, has not officially declared for the draft. Here's why that's an issue. There are about five quarterbacks who we know of right now currently that's predicted to do really really well in the draft. Be you know they're predicted to be great quarterbacks in the league, or they should translate well. Let me say that this is all before pro days, before the combine, and things like that. So you know I'm pretty sure we'll get a couple more names in there. But as of right now, there were about five. C.J. Stroud has not officially declared for the draft, and his deadline is in about two days. We're recording currently on a Friday, Friday the 13th, might I add. January 13th, Friday the 13th. So, it's due, his decision is due on the 15th. This is going to be, this is a monumentous, monu, <laughs> your monumentous uh, moment in sports right now. In college, 
going to the pro level because now that we have the NIL deals are currently present and we're never going back for the people who think that's possible. We're never going back. The cat's out of the bag. It's possible that they are putting together an NIL deal for him. I think it was around $7 million, right, for him to come back and play college football one more year. If that happens and college football, the NCAA, or, you know, college football or a school can out money the NFL, that's huge. For rookie deals, that's huge. Now, it's not going to be a, you know, a continuous thing because obviously, you know, people can't stay in college forever. But it changes the landscape a little bit. Something else, another rule. Once you declare to go pro, you can't return to, you can't de-declare or undeclare. Let me say that. Because once you, you know, you get an age and all these things, once you declare, obviously you get an age and things like that. You can't go back to the college level because college level, you know, you're not allowed to have, um, do that per se. Unless it's like under NIL guidelines and things like that. They have a whole system set up. College, college football, let me say that, let me get specific. <laughs> college football is showing that it can, if, if college football shows that it can retain its players, obviously for monetary reasons, because, you know, when you win, it brings more money to the school, to the conference, et cetera, et cetera. If it eventually rises to the point to where rookie deals in the NFL are less than what they could get in college, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't, it's uncharted territory. I don't even have an answer for what that could look like for the future of the NFL. Now, granted, people are still going to go to the NFL because money is still <laughs> it's still there to be made. But for the uh, the superstars, it might delay them a little bit. Because remember, some of these, you know you can come out after three years, but you can you can play all the way up to a five. In the transfer portal, things like that. All these things come into play. They'll probably change over time or they'll probably evolve over time. We'll see when the time comes. But it's just some food for thought for, for people to think about. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. We're probably going to move more into some NFL, get out the college realm. Man, we'll holler at y'all right back. Uh, follow us on The Break Room, H-O-U on Twitter, the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram, and follow me at Charles3 underscore on air. Man, I think yeah. about my Twitter name for a second, man. Y'all yeah. take it easy, man. We'll be right back. Yeah, I like a big booty, like a horse from the back. Yeah. Racked up, I counted about a 10 stack. Yeah. My boss like Gigante, I'm living like that. 18 will, I made millions like that. Yeah. Stuffed a half a million in my grandma deep freezer. Uh-huh. What's in the dry white business and payments? Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. All right, so, man, welcome back, man. We are back here in the break room. And continuing the, uh, just going to get back into the conversation I was talking about earlier about the draft. The reason this is so huge and the reason that the, the Houston Texans is such a disgusting, putrid, a filthy organization. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Now, I get it. Lovey Smith, also, he's he's been fired, you know, which, you know, Nick Rosario going through two head coaches in two years is kind of ridiculous, but, hey, that's another conversation for another time. We'll probably get to that. The Houston Texans, I don't know any other organization, person, that has fumbled a bag harder than them. Granted, I know Lovey Smith, he won the game for his players. You know, the players could care less about the draft. Matter of fact, if it was their choice, they probably hate the draft, you know, because they might be drafting their replacement. But moving forward, the Texans are so dog water. And let me tell you what, let me tell you why. So obviously, the Texans 
aren't a very good franchise. Won three games this season, tied one, you know. And now they have the number two pick in the draft. Granted, now if you want to say what they want, uh, what you would like for them to draft, I would. <laughs> for me personally, I don't want a quarterback this year for the Houston Texans just because you can't protect him. He won't do well. This isn't a good franchise. You don't have very good receivers. You don't have anything for him to even work with. He would be a Zach Wilson in that first year. You remember when Zach Wilson first got to the Jets? And he was sacked so many times. Like his first couple of games were almost horrific. They were David Carrish. Not anything due to, not because it was him or his talent that, you know, that we know of right now because, you know, his season this year was just, it's been horrible. But then at the time, we couldn't even see him really grow and see, really see him even see flashes of his talent because we couldn't protect him. He had nothing really to work with. I don't want that for any of these quarterbacks coming out the draft. I would rather build up the offensive line, build up the defense, get willingness and, you know, get a lot something and wait for a quarterback or get a vet quarterback like some of these, some of the ones that might come out this year, the Houston Texans. Offense is so depleted. Now we know that what Damian Pierce is, he's a, he'll be a great running back for Houston. But Houston does not know how to handle good things. We get good things and then we abuse them. We like the new kid, we like the poor kid who gets some Jordans, who get his first pair of Jordans. I know we all been there. We 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 get a first our first pair of new shoes and we don't know how to not wear them. Damian Pierce is the exact same way. When you get a fresh new running back who can really run, who's really good, and you know how Houston is with running backs. You can't keep running backs longer than we keep a pair of underwear. Like, you have Damian Pierce. You have a talented guy. I don't want Houston to run him into the ground and he has a short career. Let me tell you, now we know that he got hurt in the middle, not in the middle of the season, but towards the latter part of the season. Here's what Houston is. Houston, as far as total offense, is ranked 31st in the league. Right above the LA Rams, whom starting quarterback got hurt. You want to know something funny? Houston's rushing yards was 1,476 rushing yards this season. If you're thinking, that's kind of low, it is low. Josh Jacobs is the leading rusher this season, and he had more than the entire Houston Texans franchise. Organization, sorry. Inept. Incapable. I almost think incapable. But yeah, it, it, it's disgusting. And so, if it's that piss poor, and if you wonder about passing yards, I mean, they pass for 4,820 yards. The, you know, this is the entire squad. <laughs> this is the entire organization. And, and, we, and we know Houston went through a, a, I don't even know what to call it, uh, a quarterback rotation. We had a starting quarterback. Then we was like, eh, let's switch it around a little bit and see we'll see what else we can do, you know, and just try to switch it up a little bit. Let's get some new blood up in there. That didn't work. Justin Fields was one of the most sacked QBs this season. 55 sacks, right? Still had more passing yards. Well, that organization still had more passing yards, sorry. And now they've given that, and you know, granted on however you feel about Justin Fields. I like him as a talent. I think he's a very capable quarterback. I think he just didn't have a lot to work with in Chicago. O-line is terrible. Had Mooney. Had some pieces. Are a good running back? Pieces just got hurt. They use his athleticism finally. Let him run the ball. And now you've put a team who has a, a starter-worthy quarterback at the number one position in the draft 
with all the cap space in the world. I know the Saints feel like shooting themselves right now. The Saints have been in cap hell for about three to four Wait, years now. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not and even- so now, it's like, what do you do? Then also you have all these coaches that can move around, too. Got Sean Payton looming in the backfield like the like uh, Emperor Palpatine, kind of just waiting around in the back, waiting on somebody just to fall off, you know? <laughs> But anywho, all these coaches, all these other coaches got fired. Matt Rule, Lovey Smith, Frank Reich, Nathaniel Hackett. Oh yeah, and Evans' favorite, Cliff Kingsbury. And so you know, when I think about all these openings, and I think about the draft, here's what I would do if I was Chicago. If I was Chicago, this is, I would trade because also if C.J. Stroud. <laughs> does not declare for the draft, that's going to make it, they're going to make them even more powerful. Let's keep that in mind. But if I were the Bears in this situation, I'm going to say, let's say C.J. Stroud is going to declare for the draft. Let's just say he is. I keep my number one overall. Not keep it, but I get ready to trade that number one overall to the Texans. And I take Laramie Tunsil and their number two overall, and they get the number one overall. So, boom. The Bears, you gain an offense, an all-pro offensive tackle, the Texans, you lose that. Granted, granted, you do lose that. But Laramie Tunsil's already he's already stated that he wants to be the highest paid offensive tackle in the league. And if you're Houston, granted, you're number eight as far as cap space. But if you're trying to build around a quarterback, if you draft one, you will not have the cap to do so. There's one, so you get him off your books. Bears, you have all the money in the world. You can do it. And now you have the number two overall pick. And it's still debatable if the Texans will even draft a quarterback. If they move to number one, more than likely they will. I'll say I'll say that too. Now, you're sitting here with the number two overall, and you have Laramie Tunsil. You built you beefed up your line a little bit. The Bears offensive line is so bad, they have offensive line packages. They have pass packages. They have jumbo packages. They have some offensive line can't pass pro and run block. That's absurd for you to be in the NFL. But anyway, now. I'm looking to Carolina. Granted, if they get a coach by this time, by the time the draft comes around, this could all change because, we, you know, coaches want different things. Coaches have different identities as far as defense, offense, whatever. I'm looking to Carolina, and I would, because they need a quarterback as well, I would take DJ Moore, their star receiver, and their number nine overall pick. But also, I'm taking DJ Moore, their number nine overall pick and a number five pick that they have this year. But also, this is if the Bears decide to keep Justin Fields, which I feel like that's what I would do. I would still keep Justin Fields. Beef up your offensive line. You get a go-getter as a receiver, and you still have a number nine overall pick if you want to, whatever position you want, because quarterback is sold up, you're fine. You can take the first receiver off the board if you want one. You can take the first tight end off the board if you want one. You can take a defensive player if you want one, because most of these teams that want to move up need quarterbacks. They don't need linebackers. They don't need DBs, safeties, receivers. QB, the number one sought-off position for these teams. And if the Bears decide to make this move, here's another reason it could be so scary for these other squads. Because they can't, since they can't move up and get a quarterback, it would force them to probably go out and get a vet. Here are some of the, the QBs that might be able to they might move on. I don't think they necessarily will, but might. We'll see. The biggest one on the board, I know what you already think, is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has a PCL injury. Granted, we're not sure exactly, or he did say, he come out and say that it was a grade two to a severe grade uh, PCL. 
injury. Now, granted, for those who don't know, uh, a PCL sprain or tear, well, those are two different things, but PCL sprain leads up to a PCL tear. A PCL sprain grade one is about 10 days to two weeks as far as recovery time if you're an athlete. A PCL sprain grade two is about two to four weeks as far as recovery time. Lamar Jackson has missed 17 straight days of practice. Now, now that he's come out inside, I think the uh, yesterday that he said on January 12th that he has a grade two to a grade three. Now there is no, I think there is no uh, specific grade three. A grade three is just a tear. So it's somewhere in that realm, and a grade three or a tear of a PCL is nine to twelve months. Now, if you've been following the Ravens and following the NFL, everybody said that Lamar Jackson's injury has been on a week-to-week basis. Some people believe that he's holding out because this is a contract year for him. Me, personally, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't believe Lamar Jackson is like that. But if he is, I completely understand he needs his money. I get it. But let's say the Ravens part ways. Lamar Jackson is an established QB in this league. He has an MVP. He has a playoff win. A unanimous MVP at that. Let me let me just get specific. Let's put some respect on it. You also have Geno Smith. Geno Smith is a vet who's proved himself this year. Made his first Pro Bowl this year. He's a top as far as yards, passing yards this season. I think he's well, I know he's top 10. I believe he's number eight. That's a hell of a jump for somebody who used to be thought of as like the mud of the NFL. Yeah, obviously you have Tom Brady. Tom Brady, even though he we believe he struggled this season, do you all know that he's third in the league in passing at 45? Then obviously you got Derek Carr out there too, who's probably they're definitely going to part ways with the Raiders, and you got some openings out there. Jimmy G is another one who's probably going to be done because Brock Purdy is playing pretty well. Then Trey Lance, they did just draft him a couple years ago, but he's he's been injured, so it's probably going to be a QB battle between them, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Jimmy G has no home. Then you think about Zach Wilson in New York with the Jets. He's lost his position, basically. He's all but been cut. I'm not sure we won't hear that in the next couple of days. You got all these big-name QBs moving around with plenty of teams that need them. You got the Colts that need a QB. You got the Jets that need a QB. Jimmy Garoppolo could end up with the Jets because of that connection because Robert Sala used to coach under Kyle Shanahan. It's all possible. So you got the Jets who need a QB. You got the Colts who need a QB. The Ravens who might need a QB. And I forgot about Aaron Rodgers might be moving on. I mean, that's a that's almost like a year-to-year thing with him. You never know. The Seahawks might need a QB. We don't even know how to – I mean, I feel like they should keep Geno Smith, maybe. But if they don't, it's because, you know, he's on the older side. You might get a younger guy. We'll see. The Raiders will need a QB. Like I said, Derek Carr is done. The Commanders need a QB. Another squad. The Titans might need a QB. Not sure how they feel about Tannehill and all his injuries. The Saints need a QB. The Panthers need a QB. The Texans need a QB. I named around eight teams that possibly might need a QB. The draft is going to be crazy. But, yeah, man, we'll see how it all turns out. Follow us on the Break Room HOU on Twitter. 
the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram and thebreakroompodcast1 on Facebook. Follow me, Charles3 underscore on air on Twitter. I said Twitter? Twitter. <laughs> there we go. And follow me on Instagram at Charles underscore on air, man. Y'all take it easy, man. We'll be right back. Alone, every night alone. Why am I alone? I don't know that you want me to. Am I wrong? Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me I deserve all the pain that you put me through. Oh. Yo, what's up? So we back in the break room, man. Just to go and do our pick em, my pick em segment, our pick em segment real quick. Let's go and get right to it for the wild card weekend. Let's talk. So we got Seattle versus San Francisco. Now, definitely I'm going with Seattle on this one, man. It's, I mean, whoa, 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 excuse me. Whoa, 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 whoa Lord. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I'm tripping. San Francisco. Ooh, Ooh wee. <laughs> I'm going with San Francisco on this one. Um... I believe in Brock Purdy for the most part right now, man. The San Francisco defense is elite. Elite. Um, if anything, San Francisco really would be my dark dark horse to win it all. Now, I think they're a quarterback away from that, but we'll see. We'll see what Brock got. The Seahawks have been solid. Geno Smith has done well. They've surpassed all expectations this season. But I just don't think they have enough to overcome the defensive monster that San Francisco is. Also, you got the Dolphins and the Bills. Now, Tua is an entirely different one. Obviously, Tua is not playing. He's been ruled out. Uh, Tua's concussions and things like that. I'm not sure what his situation might be. Now, with the DeMar Hamlin, I you know I brought this up in on uh, one of the shows I produced uh, here at the station, but um, I'm not sure how DeMar Hamlin, this is just food for thought for those out there. I'm not sure how DeMar Hamlin's situation with him basically losing his life and then being revived back to life. Um, how that's going to play in Tua's career, essentially. Um, Tua has had about, I want to say two concussions already. I almost want to say three. I'm not entirely sure about that last one. But this could, you know, obviously concussions affect you, you know, your life, not just your football player or anything like that. So, it's... It, Things could change. I'm not sure what conversation he had with his family or friends or things like that. I know they all care about him. I'm sure. I know we as fans all care about him as well. We want the best for these people. You know, they're not just players. They're people as well. They have families outside of this. They have friends outside of the game. And, you know, we want these players and these people to be able to return to the people they love as well. So we'll just see. We'll keep an eye on that. Next, you have the Ravens and the Bengals. Now, Lamar is ruled out. He will not be playing. Depending on how his PCL sprain is or tear, you know, we hope for the best, but I wish Lamar was playing, but he's not. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Bengals. They're going to run this game. The, the Ravens, I don't think they won a game when Lamar is not playing. They almost have nothing if he's not there. So easily going with the Bengals on that one. Next, you have the Chargers and Jaguars. Now, this is going to be a – Mike Williams is out. That's another reason. That they, <laughs> I think the Chargers are coach. I think he's going to be done. <laughs> Finally! Because he played all his starters, and three of them got hurt in that last meaningless game. They already locked in at the five seed, even though he played them anyway. You what? I can understand for a quarter, maybe, but the entire game, and you lose Mike Williams. Now, I'm leading Chargers, but I don't see a scenario where the Jaguars can't win. I'm leaning Chargers. Just leaning. Just leaning. 
And so I guess I'm for I me mean, for the sake of the segment, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Chargers. Now last game of the wild card, we got the Giants and the Vikings. I think this is gonna be the best game. It's not super sexy on paper. It doesn't really look like that, but you know the Vikings have all these close games and the you know the the Giants are also almost were on the same lines. They had these close games and uh, they had a, a good streak and then they had a bad one and it's. It, Two inconsistent teams make for a great game. <laughs> you never know which team you're getting. So uh, I think for this, I might lean more towards the Vikings on this one. Actually, I feel like offensively, maybe they'll get it. Even though the time of the game, I know about Kirk Cousins, but I'm just, for this one, I might be hoping beyond hope for him <laughs> that he just can perform on this. It's the Giants. Hopefully, you know, Kirk puts his best foot forward. We'll see. And that's been all for our pick segment for the most part. Man, that's it. It's playoff time, baby, man. We finally here. We finally made it. Just going to wrap up the show. You know what we got, man? It's who's hot, who's not, man. So for who's not, y'all going to laugh when I tell you the name of it. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Sensational. Yep, you heard it. He actually made it back on this show. I thought he was going to be done. I thought he was going to be cool and stay off in this corner of the world. But here he is back on the break room, man. So let me tell you what happened with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, and this is wild when you hear it, Antonio Brown sent um, inappropriate photos or videos, I'm not exactly sure which one, to a young boy. Now, I know what you're thinking, but it was of him and a woman. I don't know if the woman was the kid's mother or aunt or anything like that. I'm not sure. I'm just, you know, it's kind of hard to get into the mind of a madman. You know, I'm trying to play out different scenarios. Maybe the kid said something to Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown went out to go see his mom or aunt or cousin or whatever, man. That's what, that's what I'm thinking, you know. Uh, you smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack? Whoever Antonio Brown, <laughs> whoever is close to Antonio Brown, man, go get him a therapist, man. I believe in therapy, man. You know, uh, we wish the best for him, but if that's true, man, uh, I don't know, man. People need to be locked up. <laughs> but that's what we got for who's not, for who's hot. It's the Chicago Bears. That's easy. Easily the most powerful team in the NFL right now. And they just hired the Big Ten president as their the president, uh, president of operations for the Bears. If you don't know, uh, why that's so big? He made the most money in college, in college football, from athletics. You know, the Big Ten head coaches have the highest payroll in in college football. Basically, what I'm saying is, the Bears are looking to get a new stadium. Soldier Field is the oldest stadium in the NFL. They're looking to get a new stadium, and they got the guy who knows how to make money, and made him their president. It's big news, man. So, man, the Bears, Chicago is definitely hot right now, man. And that's been all for this show, man. Episode 67. So, that ECS there. The Break Room Podcast, man. Follow us on The Break Room, H-O-U on Twitter. The.BreakRoom.Podcast on Instagram. And The Break Room Podcast 1 on Facebook. Follow me, three, Charles, <laughs> Charles3 underscore on air. Then follow me on Instagram at Charles underscore on air, man. Y'all take these, man. I'll see y'all next time. Not